Every year in the NFL, it's a new team. As far as goals go, we have one. Putting a fucking ring on our finger. Welcome to the Buccaneers Observer Podcast. This is Ralph Phillips. I'm Molly Bay. Today is October 3rd, 2019. Week 5 is upon us. It's B.A.'s birthday today. Happy birthday, B.A. I know what I got you for your birthday. It's a win in New Orleans. <laughs> or is that what he got us for his birthday? Whatever. All I know is we're winning in New Orleans. I think so, too. I feel good about it. Let's start with the injury report, and then we'll get into it. We had Shaq Barrett on the injury report with a groin injury. He didn't practice Wednesday, but practiced in a limited capacity on Thursday. Jack Sitchi, of course, with the elbow. He did not practice Wednesday or Thursday. That was expected. Jamel Dean had the ankle injury. He was limited Wednesday, full practice on Thursday. So I would expect to see him this weekend, barring any setbacks. Damar Dodson had a calf injury, didn't practice Wednesday. Thursday, he was limited. Chris Godwin had the hip injury, didn't practice Wednesday. Thursday, he was limited. Ryan Jensen had the back injury, didn't practice Wednesday. Limited Thursday. Bridget Perryman has had the hamstring injury that he suffered last game. He didn't practice Wednesday or Thursday. Vita has a neck injury, and he's been limited all week. And then Devin White, we got some good news. He was limited on Wednesday and full participation on Thursday. Yay, Devin. So not not too bad on the Bucks front. A lot of these injuries like Dodson and Godwin, it's just kind of being banged up during the season. And just because they're on the injury report doesn't necessarily mean that they're not going to play. The Saints had safety Von Bell. With a back injury, he's been limited all week. Drew Brees, of course, with the thumb, hasn't practiced. Guard Will Clapp. Never heard of him. He's like a third stringer. He had a hand injury. He's been limited all week. Safety JT Gray with a hand injury. Didn't practice Wednesday, but practiced in a limited capacity on Thursday. Defensive end Trey Hendrickson had a neck injury. He hasn't practiced all week. Cameron Jordan had a calf injury. He's been limited all week. Guard Andrus Pete has a thigh injury. He's been limited all week. And wide receiver Traquan Smith has an ankle injury. He is also limited. Joe, so it sounds like both of us are relatively healthy. Yeah, for the most part, except the most glaring absence will be Drew Brees. Under Teddy Bridgewater, they're not doing bad. Their only loss came in the game against the Rams where Drew Brees got hurt, but they've won every other game. And You mean the Rams that we just beat the mess out of? Yes. So, so logic football math says. <laughs> football math says because we beat the Rams, they lost to the Rams, we're going to beat them. That's how it works? Yeah, it's a football algebra. <laughs> The game against the Rams where Drew Brees got hurt, they lost that game. But Bridgewater's been fine in the week since. He got a win in Seattle and a win against Dallas. And they're not too banged up. Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara account for 60% of their receiving production. Good Lord. I know. So if we take Kamara out of that equation. Is that more football math? Yeah, right. Jared Cook, a tight end, he started to be more involved against the Cowboys, although I guess it's kind of relative. I got all this, by the way, from a fan site. I can't remember which one. It's a fan article. 
Jared Cook was more involved against the Cowboys. He had six targets. He only completed three for 21 yards, and he's had 90 on the season. But they expect him to get more involved. And then they're also gunning for Ted Ginn to be the deep threat. Against Houston in week one, he had seven receptions for 101 yards, but he's only had five catches for 34 yards since then Mm. in three weeks. So who knows how that'll work out for him. The best news, I think, is their offensive line is struggling a little bit. They struggled against Dallas last week. They gave up five sacks to Dallas. If you were with us during the offseason, you'll remember my Know Your Enemy rundowns of where each team was during the offseason. The Saints acquired a center, Nick Easton, to replace Max Unger, who retired. But... Nick Easton is not even starting. They have a rookie that they drafted, Eric McCoy, at center. <laughs> oh, we're so going to cheer him alive. Yeah, I'm very excited about that. I didn't know this, but the Bucks are next to last in passing yards surrendered. We average 318 yards a game that we give up to the pass. That's bad, right? I mean, are I you thought saying... it was good, and then I just read it, and now I'm not sure. <laughs> Wait a minute. Is that when you say next to last? Yeah, so we give up the most passing yards a game. Yeah, so we allow the second most, the Eagles allow the most. Kind of reminds me of the 2013, no, 2012 Bucks, where we were monstrous against the run. I mean, we had the 25th best run defense in NFL history that year. It was pretty high. Or something like that. Yeah, I think but, the fifth, something like that. But we, uh, we got passed on a lot. Yeah, and that's kind of what we've seen – so far this season, and I thought about this earlier because I had some concern with the Saints that they were going to throw all over us, even though Teddy Bridgewater doesn't have the arm that Drew Brees does. Not that he's a bad quarterback, but he's not Drew Brees. But every week there's been an aspect of the Bucks game that fans are complaining about or that we can see needs improvement, and it seems like every week the coaching staff addresses that issue directly after it comes up. So I wonder if now they're going to focus on the pass defense, shoring that up a little bit. We'll see. We're going to need it. Michael Thomas against the Bucks averaged 10 receptions and 107 yards. In his career? Per meeting against the Bucks. So we've played, he's played us five times and he averages 10 yards, 100, or 10 receptions, 107 yards. Well, this ain't the old Bucks, baby. But our passing defense isn't that much better. So, <laughs> actually, it's very good. It's better. Well, I mean, you got to consider, it. like Jared Goff at the Rams, he passed on a sixty-eight times. Right. Sixty-eight. I mean, that's that's what teams have to do. They have to pass on it. I think it's one of those things where the stats don't really show the full picture. You know, to, to, people would think, oh, the Buccaneers are a bad pass defense. No, it's that the other team can't run the ball, so they have to keep chunking it down the field. And like we saw last week, yards don't always convert to points. Exactly. And that was an issue with New Orleans and the Cowboys last week. They got into the red zone multiple times, but weren't actually able to score a touchdown. The score was 10 to 12, so they got four field goals. And that was the first time New Orleans has won while also scoring no touchdowns since October 25th, 1998. Is that right off the top of your head? It is, <laughs> yes. You just know these. I just knew that. You just know these stats. You see, you walk a football encyclopedia over here. I am. Remember when Donovan Smith got his contract and Cam Jordan tweeted at him? 
Oh, yeah, that's right. Saying that they're going to feast for the next few three years. Oh, crap. I know. I'm excited to see that matchup. Although, everything I'm reading is that Cam Jordan will match up against DeMar Dotson. Yes, that's normally how it'll work. Marcus Davenport will line up against Donovan Smith a lot. What do you think about their defensive lineup against our offensive line? I think we've got it handled. I really do. If we can control Aaron Donald. B.A. had talked about, he said that the front seven of the Saints were the best performing unit on that team right now. I'm pretty confident that our offensive line can handle them. Like you said, we did a masterful job with Aaron Donald. But how how well-rounded is the Rams' defensive line? Or is Aaron Donald the only performer in that unit? Yeah, they're all right. They're not all Aaron Donald. <laughs> right, yeah, they're mm-hmm. not all Aaron Donalds. How many sacks have we given up this year? I know we've got 11 sacks our defense does, which is tenth, tied for 10th in the league so far. Which is funny, you would think it'd be a lot more than that. Because Barrett's got nine of those. I know. So everyone else has two? Yeah. We've given up 12 sacks. So we've gotten 11 sacks with our defense. We've given up 12 with our offense. A lot of those, though, like I said, were if you've been following five podcasts and watching, the, listening to the game reviews, a lot of those were Winston's fault. Just getting happy feet and scrambling when he shouldn't. Have, shouldn't. But some of them were good decisions. He's definitely gotten better the past few weeks. What award did he get this week? The Offensive Player of the Month? NFC Offensive Player of the Month? Was that the award? I can't remember. I think oh, he got two. He got the FedEx Air and Ground Air Player of the Week. Barrett got the Defensive Player of the Month, didn't he? I can't remember. They've been getting so many. I, I can't keep them all straight. <laughs> Whatever they were, they were awesome and well-deserved. Yes, congratulations, Jameis Winston, Chris Godwin, and Shaq and Barrett for getting awards that we can't remember what they are, but... <laughs> They're very important. They're very important. Speaking of Jameis, this fan article I read where they broke down the upcoming game, he said that Jameis is a worse Dak Prescott. What do you think about that? Well, Dak Prescott is not a bad quarterback, so... (laughs) But he went 22 of 33 attempts and 223 yards against the Saints. He threw an interception, no touchdowns, and had a sack. So I just hope Jameis has a better game than that. Not that that's totally terrible. I don't like the no touchdowns, but I do have confidence that Jameis can outperform that. I was looking up the time to throw for Teddy Bridgewater, and his average is 2.68 seconds. It's pretty long. Oh, is it? I wondered, Jared Goff, his was 2.75 seconds. Jameis, his is 2.63. Cam Newton, of everyone, had the lowest in the league at 2.37 seconds. Got to get that ball up quick when you play against us. Uh, I guess so. No, this was just in general, like for the whole season. Well, he only played two games. Yeah. One of them was against us. Yeah, those average time to throw stats, again, they could be... It's like with any stats, they're tricky and it's really context awareness or whatever because sometimes, you know, a quarterback can get the ball out quick 10 times in a row and then on the 11th time he runs around in the pocket for 15 seconds and it just skews the average out. You know, a matchup I'm really excited to see is Mike Evans and Marshawn Lattimore. Oh, yeah, that's always fun. They always go at it. Remember when Lattimore and 
James Winston went at it, and Mike Evans came running over and just clobbered <laughs> Lattimore. Loved it. I think last year I can remember Lattimore getting – or Mike Evans getting the best of Lattimore and Lattimore being really frustrated. I don't know if that will happen this year or not, but we got Chris Godwin over there too, so he'll be matching up against Eli Apple. Well, that's an automatic 100-yard game right there. <laughs> you know the Bucks are now the top-ranked run defense in the league? I would have assumed that. I mean, if you would have – I didn't know it for sure, but so they are. Yeah. So we're second to last in the pass defense, first in run defense. Sounds just like. <laughs> 2012. Yeah. 2012 or 2013, I can't remember. Is that as far as yards per game? Yeah, we're giving 59.2 yards per game rushing. Wow. Not too bad. The Eagles are first in giving up passing yardage to their defense. And they're fourth in run defense. So it just it shows that... It's one or the other. You yeah. can't do both. Yeah. We have not allowed a single 20-plus yard run this year. Longest has been 19 yards. Close. Almost 20 yards. Offenses only average 10 points a game against our defense. The problem is they've scored from our offense before. <laughs> other teams have. So if our defense holds stout, they don't allow many scores. The Saints' pass defense is not much better than ours. They're 24th. The run defense ain't nowhere near as good, though. They're 20th in the league, giving up 112 yards per game. I've heard that they're relatively decent, though. So what is it that they're good at? Their defense? Yeah. I mean, they're generally good all around. They don't stand out in any category, but... They're just kind of well-rounded. Yeah. They're pretty physical, too. I can remember in the last couple of years they've been formidable. We'll see how they do against Evans and Godwin. Godwin is third in the NFL for receiving yards, and Mike Evans is sixth. And then they're both tied for the league lead with four touchdowns apiece. Godwin gets more targets. He's got 26 catches, but Evans has more yards per carry. So we've got two wide receivers on our team who are tied for first in the NFL for touchdown catches. Yes, exactly. (laughs) But the the Saints last week did not give up, or they only gave up 10 points. They played tough against Dallas. I didn't watch the whole game. What did you think about it? Yeah, that's really stood. It was kind of a boring game, but. Yeah. They haven't changed that much since last year. No. That article I was reading did say that the Bucks always tend to give the Saints a hard time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or it can. It can go either way, but they were also really. Um, talking negatively about the Bucks, Just how Jameis has the tendency to throw games away. He can make us lose, is what they were saying. Which is true. Fair enough. Now, he also wins those games, too. Now. Yeah, he does. Yeah, Don't this, talk bad about my quarterback. I know. I still think that our defense is really going to catch teams off guard. Like, this guy wasn't speaking very highly about the defense. He was focused on the poor pass defense. Which we don't really have poor pass defense. If you listen to the podcast and stuff, you you know it's it, it's not like we have a bad secondary. It's this the combination between the scheme and our linebackers. We expect our linebackers to do a lot of coverage, not just the inside linebackers, but the outside linebackers too. They drop back in coverage a lot. What happens is that causes there to be a slight delay in them getting to the coverage because it's disguised. So there's that little window where you can throw the ball at the receiver they're supposed to cover. Or, you know, the receiver gets a little bit ahead of him, whatever. But it, we'll get better at that. I mean, our secondary is good. I like them. 
We'll get Ryan Smith back this week. Is he going to play, do we know? I don't know. I haven't really heard. He'll probably take Edwards' spot? I don't know. I thought they liked Mike Edwards. I thought he was a starter. Don't know. We'll see. I mean, if I can't see them taking Whitehead out. That guy no, has been making plays not. left and right. He's He is the underrated or underappreciated guy on our defense. If I had to rank our defensive players, it would be Barrett and then it would be Whitehead. Well... Yeah, he's been playing that good. Did you know this is the first time since 2005 the Bucks aren't facing a Saints team led by Drew Brees? That's crazy. It's 15 years. I know. 15 years. We've had to face off against this jerk. He hasn't been hurt and not played against us that whole time? Good grief. Wow. Well, here you go. Did you also know Carlton Davis has not given up a touchdown this year? That's pretty impressive. I did not know that. He he was at near the end zone during one of the touchdowns and... The game last week, uh, the guy was running down the sideline for the Rams. Can't remember who it was. Getting ready to score a touchdown, and Carlton Davis was out there, and there was two guys surrounding him, and one of them came running over to block him, and they hit each other, and the blocker fell down, and Carlton Davis was still standing. Oh, wow. <laughs> it, was pretty, it was pretty neat. It was, it was a pretty good collision, too. What do you think is going to be the key to this game? Obviously, we're going to shut down Kamara. Probably the pass rush on both teams. Our offensive line stopping their pass rush, their offensive line getting tore up by our pass rush. I think that's going to be the difference in the game. Whichever whichever team can do the best, and I, I think it'll be ours. You know, I've said this, and I'm going to repeat it. I think we arguably have the best defensive line in the game right now. So this will be another premier team for us to play. We played the Rams last week. The Rams have a very good offensive line. We did very, very well against their offensive line. The Saints have a very good offensive line. I predict we're going to do very well against that. The rest of the teams we have to play on our schedule pretty much are going to get destroyed because they don't have these elite offensive lines. I mean, we're playing two elite offensive lines in two weeks. I cannot believe that their center is a rookie. I yeah, can't believe it. That is surprising. Maybe that's how Drew Brees hurt his thumb. <laughs> Was that guy playing? I don't know. I think so. I think he's been starting all year. Huh. B.A. in his press conference on the 2nd, which was Tuesday, or Wednesday, was talking about the crowd noise in New Orleans. And he was talking about how the crowd noise in the Rams affected the game. It makes a huge difference, and I'm glad to see him actually talking about it. New Orleans is crazy. I mean, that stadium is filled. Mm-hmm, yes. Those people loud. down there like to party. Buccaneer Stadium used to be that way. It used to be raucous. It was loud. I remember watching it on the broadcast, and the cameras would be shaking because the crowd was so loud. Announcers always talked about it. Like, man, this is one loud, rowdy crowd. Not anymore. We need to fill those uh, seats up out there. Do our part, 12th man. Yeah, I was, uh, it, BA has brought that up a couple of times about fan support, you know, fans showing up for the game, how important it is. I think it's growing. I think people are, and it'll happen when we start winning more. It would be awesome if the first game back in November, it's like a homecoming game. Mm-hmm. A lot of people show up, and it's We're going to have a prom king and queen out there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, you know, when fans show up when the team is already winning, what's that called? Fairweather fans. Or bandwagon jumpers. Bandwagon jumpers. Yeah. yeah, there's a negative connotation put on that. But, hey, whatever it takes, just get the fans out there. I would prefer if fans showed up even when we weren't winning. <laughs> Because to me, it's kind of like a like, uh, catch-22. you got to win to get the fans out there, and it's hard to win if you don't have the fans out there making noise. So it's kind of a catch-22. Yeah. I can understand the argument, I guess, kind of, but 
or people don't want to spend money on a losing product, I would. It, you would. <laughs> I don't mind doing it. Yeah, and, and a, a lot of fans feel like they're showing ownership, they're discontent and everything. And they, while that's true, it's not the owner's fault with any of this stuff. I mean, these owners, the Glazers, have been busting their butt to do everything they can to get this team to be a winning team. And look what they're doing now. They've created a whole new science department, you know, health and science, whatever it's called. They've hired the largest staff in NFL history. You know, they brought BA in. They, you know, they're, they're, they've been throwing money at this team for a decade now. You know, so I think they're more frustrated with us losing than the fans are probably. So I don't know what fans who don't go to the games and say that they're trying to give a message to the ownership. I don't know what that's all about because it just doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense to me. Like the losing isn't message enough. <laughs> right. I mean, there was a period there during the Raheem Morris years where you could say maybe you were like, eh, this ownership seems a little squirrely. You know, they weren't paying people. They hired this young coach and they weren't, I mean, we weren't reaching the max with the salary cap. We were way under. And it just seemed like that, but that was when they were buying Manchester United and all that stuff too. So yeah, it did seem like they weren't fully committed to the Buccaneers, but then they turned right around and changed all that. So, you know. And I think they've been really receptive to what the fans are saying. Got us a new TV in the stadium, so there you go. Well, they need to start showing replays on it. <laughs> Maybe in November when we come back. <laughs> They'll have the replay button fixed by then. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> All right, so you say that we're going to win, right? Yes. What's your score? What's your prediction? What do you think is the key to the game? Let's start with that. I think our offense has to be on. Okay. That's what I think it's going to take. I think the defense can... They're going to control Camara, which is a large part of their offense. And no other weapons really scare me that much on their offense. I mean, they do have Michael Thomas, but Teddy Bridgewater is a more conservative quarterback. He's not making the type of throws that Drew Brees is. Well, you know, and I hate this. I hate this. I've got Michael Thomas on my fantasy league. I should bench him this week because I just can't root for him. It's hard for me to root for him when he ain't playing us. There's no way I'm going to be able to root for him. (laughs) Well, he's playing us. Never sit your studs. I know, right? I learn that lesson every season. She does. <laughs> she'll, she'll have one week where she sits her studs because of, I don't know, she, you know, the defense for this team is good, so she plays this guy or whatever, and then she loses, and she's like, never, never sit, sit your studs. So I think the Buccaneers' offense needs to keep doing what they're doing. They've been playing lights out, and I think that they will be the key to this game. I think we're going to have a good run game. Okay. I think Ronald Jones might eclipse 100 yards. Wow. All right. I like it. Yeah. I mean, he would have last week if those two runs weren't called back. Well, the one run, he got that 50-plus yards because of the holding. Okay. No well, doubt about fair that. Fair enough. But the other one, but, yeah. Yeah. The other one, I think it was like 27 yards that got called back. Yeah. He uh, The penalty on that one had nothing to do with his running. Illegal, illegal formation or illegal motion. I think that we're also going to see an improved pass defense. Which that's not going to be hard to do because if they get anything less than 500 yards, <laughs> I'll be like, see, I told you. <laughs> yeah, so our pass defense, we got the Rams stared off through 517 yards. 17 yards on us. That has to skew the stats. Come on. Yeah, probably. Come on. That's not going to happen every game. No. It wouldn't surprise me just throwing this out there, not wishing it. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just saying it wouldn't surprise me. If Teddy Bridgewater gets knocked out of this game. Or if they start incorporating Taysom Hill. 
give him a bigger role. Yeah, to be honest with you, I'd probably rather have Teddy Bridgewater in there yeah. as quarterback than Taysom Hill. Did you know he's the highest paid backup quarterback? Bridgewater? Yeah. Yes, I did know that. They paid him a lot of money for this very reason. But he is injury prone. Yeah. And we are prone to cause injuries. <laughs> uh, speaking of that, Donovan Smith did not get fined for that hit. Good. Well, it was, the guy was a runner. You know, it, it was iffy, though, because Donovan Smith did put his head down and hit the crown of his helmet. <laughs> right. But how often is an offensive lineman practicing tackling? <laughs> you hope never. Right. Yeah. You hope that's not something you focus on in practice. You do not want to have the best tackling offense. That is good. I'm glad to hear that. I'm excited to see the offensive line, though, up against their defensive line, because that'll really be a measure. We see them every year, the Saints. Mm-hmm. So what would be a good measure of how far they've come? Oh, they've come to leaps and bounds. Leaps and bounds. And it's all coaching, 100%, because it's the same damn players. Right, all exactly, the way across. I mean, exactly. And they're just playing so much better, they're, especially their run blocking. And they're just they're playing through the whistle. They're not loafing. And they're playing with a nastiness to them. They're mean. Me and Molly talk every day about Donovan Smith. <laughs> we, we're just like, this is amazing. It's amazing. Because if, if you know, if you listen to this podcast for any length of time, you know, we were probably Donovan Smith's biggest detractors. Never calling for him to be cut or anything. You know, we just, we, we call guys out that don't play well or up to our standards. And uh, Donovan Smith hasn't since he's been here. But now, this so far this year, man, he's just been tearing guys up. I like it. He's playing with a, a oomph, which is exactly what we wanted. Yeah. Exactly. That's what we said. And we were critical of the contract that he got. Oh, yeah. Because he hadn't earned it up to that point. He's playing to it now. Yeah, absolutely. I think so, too. No doubt about that. I mean, of course, you know, he's messing up. All offensive linemen will mess up. You know, Ali Marpet messes up. Ryan Jensen messes up. I, I usually, my thing is two, maybe three times a game, you know, you can mess up as an offensive lineman. That's that's a good offensive lineman right there that only does it two or three times a game. Yeah, you get beat. You get thrown yeah, off your you're gonna, momentum. Yeah, or... you're going to get beat. You're going to do a false start. You're going to fall down. You're going to miss a block. Speaking of which, I listened to Sue mic'd up that you sent me. Mm-hmm. And he told them on the sideline, they're going to try to get you to move. They try to get you. Mm, yeah. And they got Nassib like three times, two times. Yeah. Well, one of those, one of those, it wasn't Nassib. It was the, the right guard did move. They right. Just but they're going to try to get you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They, oh, they were, that Rams offense was trying to be tricky to get that defensive line mixed up as much as they could. Yeah. That mic'd up. I found it funny because Sue didn't really say a whole lot. No. He was very quiet. A lot of, a lot of and <laughs> grunting going on. <laughs> Not a whole lot of words. And did you see when he scored that touchdown? It was like everybody on the team came over and congratulated him. And they were just so so elated. It was very strange. They're not strange, but everybody seemed like a team. Yeah. You know, it wasn't just the defensive guys or the defensive line or his best friends or whatever. It was everybody on the team, even the coaches. There's so much camaraderie. It does seem like this is a team that is bonded very well. It's going to be interesting if JPP comes back. Molly was talking to me about it today, about, you know, JPP is so competitive. Is he going to really up his game because of Shaq Barrett? I know. And what's going to happen? I mean, they're not going to rotate him and Shaq. I know. That's what I'm thinking. Like, will he be a backup to Nassib or? I don't think he will be a backup. I don't think JPP will take a backup role. Right. He would ask for a trade before he would do that. Uh, he might take Nassib's spot, though. Yeah. And Or rotate with Nassib, probably 60-40, 70-30. Yeah. JPP. 
towards the end of last year, he was playing on that left defensive end side anyhow. Right. Over there where Nassib's at now. All right, so you say the key to the game is the offense. Our offense has to be on point. Yes. I'm saying the pass rush, our pass rush has to be good, and we have to stop their pass rush. That's the key to the game to me. Both of us are assuming, of course, that we totally shut down Kamara. We're just making that a given. <laughs> it's, that should actually... it's not going to be a problem. <laughs> no. I just have all the confidence in the world. I would be shocked if he came away with more than 50 yards. Wow. 60, maybe. Are you talking about running or Both. total? Both. Both? Wow. Well, McCaffrey is a receiving back, too. And he only had like 16 yards receiving. Yeah, and he's actually more involved in their offense than Kamara is. Right. And we've, we're just getting better. I mean, that's what, that's what amazes me about this team is... I think what we saw last week against the Rams is this team still in its infancy. Yeah, it's just going to get better. Yeah, we're just going to get better and better and better. That's what I'm saying about the pass defense is that every week it's been something else. The penalties, the... The James Winston. James Winston. Um, gosh, I can't even remember all the stuff we've been through. <laughs> Rojo's getting going and... Anyway, there's always been something every week. I actually tweeted about it. I need to go back and look at my tweet and just update the list every week. Yeah, that'd be a good idea. And then see where we've gotten. But every week has been we've been better and yes. better. Yep. And so this week it is the past defense, so I think it will be improved. I've been saying that we're contenders and I challenge anybody to show me anywhere on our def- on our team where we are below average. Or even average. I would say that every every group on our team is above average or elite. Our defensive line, elite. Linebackers, above average. Secondary, above average. Offensive line, above average. Quarterback, above average. All right. I'm going to peg you on this. receivers, elite. You've gotten some pushback on Twitter about this. How can you say that the secondary is above average? Justify that to me. If you watch the passes, especially last week, Jared Goff was throwing passes in baby windows. I mean, these these he, some of those passes, like the touchdown he threw, I think they were it was in the fourth quarter. They were on like the sixteen yard line, somewhere like that. He threw a pass that he, in all rights, should not have made. It was it was a very bad decision on his part. I mean, the guy he threw it to, there was a defender standing literally right next to the guy. How how he got that ball in there, I don't know. And that's that's the thing if. We, you're not seeing wide open receivers. Every now and then you are, and that's generally the fault of the linebackers. You know, their their breakdown in coverage or not getting in position quick enough because of the uh, scheme of the the defense. You know, where they're having to backpedal real fast. You know, from the defensive line. You know, because they're doing disguise coverage, all that good stuff. So if you watch these quarterbacks, and I'm referring particularly to Daniel Jones and Jared Goff, are having to throw very very precise passes. And that's, that's what they've been doing and because our coverage has been right on these guys. I mean, they're sticking to them like glue. And a lot of times, you know, they're they're getting their hands in there and they're missing the ball by inches. So, no, we have a very good second. But it's it's because teams can't run on us. They have to throw. So they're throwing, they're throwing, they're throwing. Eventually, they're going to get some in, but we're also going to get past defenses, interceptions. Right, like Goff had three last week. And if you think about our— Yeah, I mean, he, had, he, he threw the, the ball— what, 68 times? Is that Something right? like that, yeah. 68 times. He had seven yards average per throw. I mean, that's, that's horrible. Yeah. 
And if you think about our offense last year that was so one-dimensional, we were having games every week where Jameis was thrown for three, 400 yards. So it makes sense when you eliminate one aspect of the game, the other team is going to make up for it elsewhere. Yeah, so mathematically, if you just look at the stats, you go, oh, crap, we got a horrible secondary. But it's not true. I mean, our guys are sticking to these guys in coverage. They're playing very well. But the way the defense is designed, if you watch, when we get a big lead, that's when we switch to zone coverage. We're cushioning. We're letting them catch these underneath passes. And And that's when the Rams started coming back. We were ahead by 21 already. Mm -hmm. And, And we just let them come down the field a little bit at a time and just burn that clock off. You know, it's fine if they score. Let them score. You know, if it takes them five minutes to go down the field and score, that's fine. You know, when you got a three-touchdown lead, you know, you can do that. Because then you get the ball back, you know, you march down the field, eat up another five minutes, eight minutes, score again. And then they have to do it the same thing, so you just let them move down the field. It's just a matter of clock management at that point, you know, when you get a lead like that. So, yeah, I, I our, our secondary has been above average, if you ask me. And it is funny because a lot of the plays you see where you, you see the guys catching the ball and he, he runs down the field or whatever, you know, you go, oh, man, and you'll see this happens a lot. Like you'll see the safety over there, the guy will catch a pass or whatever. So you blame the safety. But a lot of the times it's the linebackers who are missing these coverage guys. So, you know, it's not the secondary. It's not the cornerbacks and the safeties. I mean, you know, they're messing, everybody's going to mess up. And they mess up every now and then. But overall, I think they're playing great. No complaints. No complaints at all. Except for Edwards. Edwards could get a little bit better with his tackling and coverage. He, t- he takes bad angles a mm. lot. But he's young. He'll, he'll, he'll yeah. catch up to it. And I think that's a large part of it, too. A lot of the guys are young. What is Jordan Whitehead the oldest one we have? <laughs> is he the oldest? Right? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, Either he, him or Carlton Davis. See, he's, he's playing lights out. I mean, he's blitzing. And when he blitzes, he just causes them chaos. Uh, he's He's, he's hitting the quarterback, causing interceptions, getting the interceptions, pass defense, tackling well. He's he's highly underrated on our defense. All right, so anyhow, give me a score prediction, Molly. I thought you'd never ask. I'm going to go with 27-16. Bucks, right? Heck yes. <laughs> the Bucks. I'm on a roll. <laughs> I'm on a one-week win streak. All right, I'm going to go with... Man, see, I'm really debating on going high this week. I know, but I just don't think it's going to be a shootout. Just because Teddy Bridgewater is more conservative than Drew Brees. That's just his play style. And they probably turned back the offense a little bit to accommodate him. I'm saying 35-28 bucks. I think, depending on who gets the ball first, they might have the lead for a total of three minutes this game. If you look, if you could look, look, all the games we've played, we've held the lead for a long time. I, we've got to be, well, besides the New England Patriots, we've got to be topping the league in that. I mean, there's only, with the, with the Giants, they only held the league for a minute. Unfortunately, it happened to be the last minute. Yeah, we ran out of clock on that one. <laughs> the Rams never got the lead. Uh, the Panthers, I, I think we kind of went back and forth with them a little bit, but we held the lead for a lot of that game. And we'll just not talk about San Francisco. That was a warm-up. That was a That was our up. fifth preseason game. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> All right, so we got Molly saying 27-16 Buccaneers. Ralph was saying 35-28 Buccaneers. I'm going high again. You didn't go high enough last week. I know. <laughs> I know. Nobody. Nobody went that high. Either team. 55 points. Broke the record with Ndamukong Sue scoring a touchdown. It's amazing. That was like the best game. 
That was a really good game. All right, that's going to wrap it up for us. We're going to have the instant reaction out on Sunday, right after the game. The game is at 1 o'clock. Oh, we get a 1 o'clock game. Yep, this is the... That's weird. I want to I want to say that uh, all the games are at 1 o'clock from here on out, except for the London game, which is at 9.30 a.m. I might be wrong about that. I, it's, for some reason, I just think that that's what I came to. There might be one more 4 o'clock game. Yeah, Bucks at Saints, 1 p.m., week 5. October 6th, be there or be square. Duh. <laughs> Everybody wear your uh, Bucks gear with pride. Stick your chest out. We are contenders. This game means a lot coming up because the sim- we are going to be fighting the Saints for this division lead. If we get this win. We'll be undefeated in the division. Not a, yep. We'll be 2-0 we against will, division opponents. We will have the division lead if we get this win. And it was really going to help us come November, December when... Uh, we are fighting the Saints for the division title. So this game has more meaning to it than most. Get all your positive thoughts. Send them to the Buccaneers way. Until next time. Go Bucks.